Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you as we roll into our two, uh, second hour of Outkick the Coverage. I'm doing the show from L.A. We got Jason Martin sitting in and hanging out with us uh, a decent amount during uh, this show as well. We are scheduled to be joined uh, by Petros Papadakis in hour three. We'll dive into that USC scandal and more. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us for right now. Um, in the meantime, a couple of things that, that I wanted to run into that are substantial stories that everybody has been talking about. Uh, first of all, I think this is, a, uh, this is a pretty wild story in general. The allegation that Ben Roethlisberger intentionally fumbled the football and all of the drama coming out of Pittsburgh. Guys, would you have ever believed that of all of the places in the NFL – if you looked at the Rooney family and everything they have represented and everything that that, uh, that that entire, basically, institution, it is an institution, the Pittsburgh Steelers, would you have ever believed that they would end up being the center of drama that they have ended up being? And I think the question you have to ask is, and I think it's a tough question because Mike Tomlin has been insanely successful, what has happened in Pittsburgh that has created all of this drama? Because if you look at the rest of the NFL, there's not very much drama out there at all, right? You think about this. Uh, we've got the drama associated with Le'Veon Bell. I talked about this last week. I think Le'Veon Bell made a bad decision to sit out. I think that his uh, overall decision-making in general for everything surrounding his contract was an utter disaster, right? I think that he got played. I think that he allowed his ego to get the better of him, but... That situation doesn't arise in one day, right? This is a slowly festering issue between Le'Veon Bell and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who usually fixes a festering issue? Either the owner or the head coach. Very rarely is it the GM. 
And I think the guy who sees him on a regular basis, sees Le'Veon Bell, has an interpersonal relationship with him, is Mike Tomlin. And the fact that Mike Tomlin allowed the Le'Veon Bell situation to accelerate to the point where he sits out an entire season rather than reporting is wild. Okay, So I think that's number one on the drama scene. Number two on the drama scene, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is an elite-level wide-receiving talent. If you are the Pittsburgh Steelers, you cannot allow your relationship with Antonio Brown to be so poisoned that ultimately you have to trade him and eat $21 million on your salary cap, and in exchange for Antonio Brown, you only get a third and a fifth round pick. That's a failure of the highest magnitude. To me, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, the responsibility to a large extent lies with Mike Tomlin. And now we've got the story about Ben Roethlisberger potentially fumbling intentionally on the field, according to one of his former teammates. If that is going on as well, then the three biggest stars that you have had on your team over the past several years, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, certainly Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, have all created a cataclysmic failure, the likes of which we don't typically see in the NFL. Think about this for a minute. Who else is out there in the world of the NFL that provokes anywhere near this kind of reaction among other teammates? Right? Just think about this for right now. The NBA is filled with drama. There are guys constantly moving teams, demanding trades, everything else. It almost doesn't happen in the NFL. In fact, go into the universe of the NFL right now and find me a drama situation other than maybe the New England Patriots. And that seemed to be kind of a three-way triangle, right? Between Brady, Kraft, and Belichick. And really probably a power struggle between Belichick and Brady over who deserved the most success for their 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 uh, tremendous dynasty. That's what that really, that story seemed to be. And I think it got squashed, right? Because you end up in a situation where there is a massive success uh, with another Super Bowl. And there was hardly any drama coming out of New England this year. But you look at this situation in the NFL, and as successful as Mike Tomlin has been, and I think he's been insanely successful with the Steelers, don't you have to at some point move beyond looking at Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Ben Roethlisberger and ask yourself, what is going on in Pittsburgh that is so uh, fecund that you could grow a triple triple um, sort of mess like this? What is going on that is allowing these kinds of issues to be so fertile? And I think ultimately you have to come back to the leadership, and I think ultimately you have to come back to Mike Tomlin. I think this is about Mike Tomlin's management of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I'm not sure how you solve it. I'm not sure what you can do to make this situation better. But i got to tell you, It's hard to argue that this isn't resting entirely at Mike Tomlin's feet. Now, do I think Ben Roethlisberger intentionally fumbled the ball because he was mad about the play call that Todd Haley had put into into the discussion there? No, I don't. But I'm not 100% sure. And there are a lot of quarterbacks out there that I would believe they would never do it if the accusation was made. Right? If you came out to me right now and you said, hey, Tom Brady was so mad over the play call that Josh McDaniels made that down the stretch of a game he was trying to win, he intentionally fumbled. 
I think you could say a lot of things about Tom Brady. That on its face is a story I wouldn't believe. If you said the same thing back in the day about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was so mad about a play call that down the stretch of a game that they were winning and trying to run the clock out, he intentionally fumbled. I would never believe it. Now, there are some quarterbacks I believe it about. If you told me Cam Newton did that, I'd be like, I don't think he would do it, but I'll at least consider it, right? I would at least contemplate the idea that he might. If you told me that uh, that Jameis Winston did it, I might believe it. Told me Russell Wilson? No, right? I can run through a huge list of NFL quarterbacks, and I feel like we have a good sense for who would be willing to even consider that. Not that I, not that I think they would do it, but that I would be like, oh, okay, I can kind of see that happening. I'm willing to consider that with Ben Roethlisberger. And do you know why I'm willing to consider that it might have happened? Because of the dysfunction that surrounds the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise right now. Wouldn't believe it about Brady. Wouldn't believe it about Manning. Wouldn't believe it about Russell Wilson. Again, I'm not sure that I believe it for Big Ben, but I'll consider it. I'll have a debate about it on the radio. I'll sit there and say, hey, you know what? Things are so messy with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. I can see there being a power struggle in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger being unhappy with the play call. They were up 10, by the way, in that game. So even with the fumble, it wasn't necessarily going to cost him the game. I don't think he would do it. I'm like 85% no, but there's 15% of me that says, ah, you know what? I can believe that. It's like when Cam Newton didn't try and dive on the football in the Super Bowl. There are a lot of guys that I would have, if you told me beforehand, hey, there's going to be a loose ball on the field in the Super Bowl, and this guy, Cam Newton's not going to dive on it. Brady would try to dive on it, right? I don't know that I would believe that Ben Roethlisberger did this, but I'm at least willing to consider it. And there are a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL that I wouldn't be willing to consider it. And why do I consider it with Ben Roethlisberger? Because of the dysfunction that comes from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is going to be an interesting test for the Steelers. Without Le'Veon Bell, without Antonio Brown, this is indisputably Ben Roethlisberger's team. Mike Tomlin has basically made his choice. Ben Roethlisberger, we believe in you. What kind of performance are the Steelers going to put out on the field? I don't know. But I'm fascinated to see, particularly because, particularly because, and this is a fascinating part of this story too, the Browns are rising. In the past, the dysfunction with the Steelers, because the Bengals were up and down, the Ravens were up and down, and you knew the Browns were going to stink, they could get past this dysfunction and it didn't really catch up with them. Is that going to continue? Man, I don't know. I don't know what the overall outcome is going to end up being here. We'll talk about it. Myself and uh, Jason Martin coming up in the next segment. Does he buy into the idea that Ben Roethlisberger would have contention- would have intentionally done this? Or is this a totally made-up story and an allegation from a former teammate who had to recover the fumble, by the way, that there's no basis for this at all? Only the Pittsburgh Steelers right now is the dysfunction strong enough that they're two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback that we could even believe this might be true. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So I want to talk about brackets here and... 
I know we've talked a lot of brackets on this program and every program over the last couple of days, but I have a question for you, Clay. The Spun, again, put out its 64 bracket of most annoying people in sports media. What's worse, this bracket and you not being a number one seed, as you absolutely should be, or ESPN botching the women's bracket reveal (laughs) yesterday? The, the bots, for people out there who don't know, uh, ESPN accidentally put out the women's bracket three hours before it was supposed to be out. Whoops. Which is just so women's basketball. They say we never get respect. And ESPN had to issue this statement. In working with the NCAA to prepare for tonight's women's selection special, we, re- we received the bracket similar to years past. In the midst of our preparation, the bracket was mistakenly posted on ESPNU. We deeply regret the error and extend our apology to the NCAA and the women's basketball community. We will conduct a thorough review of our process to ensure it doesn't happen in the future. We will now broadcast the full bracket at 5 p.m. and then the regularly scheduled show on ESPN at 7. So this was supposed to be a major moment. Didn't this happen? I can't even remember now. Everything runs together. Didn't somebody get the men's bracket? a few years ago and release it on Twitter? Yeah, it was a social media deal. This was a totally different level of ineptitude. This was epic. They're sitting there, they're doing their bracket show that had run the night before for the men's, and then on the right side, there's the graphic of the women's bracket reveal. And so they go ahead and do the selection show a couple of hours early, which leads Oregon and other schools that had watch parties and all these things that they had put together logistically for the women's bracket reveal this is a big whiff. I mean, and my first thought is, it, like, I feel bad for inevitably the 25-year-old PA who was hard at work and just put the wrong file in, right? Like, somebody, and I understand people are out there and they're going to, I certainly have made fun of ESPN a lot over the years. It's funny, but having done television, I circle back around and I see how hard some of the young people that work on our show are and do and you know this you were an intern before like a lot of times that grunt work is done and i just immediately like almost cringe because i think about the 20 and i almost would guarantee you that it's a 25 year old who's in charge of graphics that just grabbed the wrong ncaa tournament graphic and popped it up and you can say that's a failure and everything else um and and i would be intrigued to know the full story of how something like this happens but i bet it's just human error and oftentimes in stories like these the human error comes down to a young person who's a low-level employee and is just like absolutely in an awful spot right now so i feel bad for them it's funny but that's a big it's a big whiff but i don't think there's any malice intended here i think it's just a screw up like a screw up that might happen on this show all the time yeah god knows how often we screw up and how often people might be screwing up going in as people are driving in this morning to go to their jobs as often as it might happen at your job too the 64 most annoying people in sports media the four number one seeds this year stephen a smith jim rome skip bayless and our good pal colin cowherd the number two seeds max kellerman dick vital Jason Whitlock, and Clay Travis. Clay, this is a situation where it seems clear to me that you are the Michigan State number two seed. You are the top <laughs> number two seed. This is a disgrace because you're also you are also in the same region as Jim Rome. And I, I, I think you are far more unlikable than Jim Rome, who you could beat up because we've seen him 
on Radio Row, and we know not a big guy doesn't look particularly healthy these days. Small man. Jim Rome is a small man. Like, this is where one of those things where, uh, you know, you're both uh, honored to be – because, look, I mean, the reality is if you are on this list, you they basically – well, and also you got a big audience, right? Like, you don't end up on the most hated, uh, annoying people in sports media audience unless you have a big audience. And it's funny, Cowherd, I think, right now, has the best national radio show in the country, right? If you think about making news – if you think about solo hosting, like he is, whether you like Colin or not, and obviously Colin's a friend of mine, he's immensely talented, right? Uh, the other guy on this list that's a top eight seed that I know really well, and we've had him on this show a lot, is Jason Whitlock, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to agree with Jason Whitlock on everything either, but the amount of work that he puts in and the grind that he's done writing over the years, radio, now television on Speak for Yourself, uh, which I was on uh, yesterday and I may well be on again today. I haven't seen the full rundown because it's early in the morning uh, as we do this show. Uh, but he puts in a lot of work. I think you can make fun of Stephen A., and certainly we have. You know, Tressway, the latest thing when he's saying that he's one of the quarterbacks with the uh, with the Redskins, and certainly there are a lot of whiffs. Like, Stephen A. is a really talented dude, and I, I've said that for a long time. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of an uh, honor to be on this list. But I, here's what I would say. I am seated right now to go up against Darren Ravel in mm. the second round of this tournament. Mm. Darren Ravel is woefully underseated as a seven, yeah, right? Yeah, like, And you think about people who are the, get a lot of hate on social media. The fact that Darren Ravel is a, uh, is a seven seed is just an insult to the, to the bracket process to begin with. Yeah, a couple of other guys that I look at, I'm like, how is this guy here? Keith Olbermann's a four seed? Keith Olbermann's number one with the bullet, right? Like, I mean, what are we talking about? Sarah Spain is a nine seed? Urban Meyer, I'm impressed for Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is a 12 seed in the 64 most annoying people in sports media, and he's not really in sports media yet. Like, he hasn't done anything, and he's already in the bracket. That takes talent. There's also some people on here where I'm like, how could you even dislike this person? For instance... Adam Schefter. Who finds Adam Schefter annoying? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, I don't even know how you dislike Adam Schefter. He's just an incredible journalist, right? Like, he just breaks news. I don't really understand how you could, like, when you're in the opinion business, I understand how you can be disliked, right? So if you're an opinionist, I understand why you would be on this list. Um, but uh, I don't hear anybody ever say anything bad about uh, about Adam Schefter. You know, a lot of these other people in the opinion, I also feel like, look, Charles Barkley's a 14 yeah. seed. I don't hear very much negative no, about Charles Barkley. No, we all love Barkley him. That's just a, a name on the bracket list. I also, Tony Romo is an eight seed. I don't hear anybody no. ever say anything bad about Tony Romo. Bill Walton as a four seed. I love Bill Walton. Did you see? Did you hear him during the Pac-12? Yeah, the Las Vegas they, thing? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, I'm flying to Vegas later today to go do the show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from the MGM Grand. You should come watch Lock It In. But Bill Walton, during the Pac-12 tournament, said that he went and stood by the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Statue of Liberty and gazed upon it and thought about everything that it meant. He went and looked at the Statue of Liberty in Las Vegas and mm. New York, New York. He wasn't in the harbor in New York City, and he certainly didn't travel out on the boat to go stand by the feet of Lady Liberty. I mean, that dude is a, is a national treasure. Yeah, I mean, he loves marijuana. I mean, let's be real. I mean, my man was smoking peyote. 
the thing that I can do is tell people exactly what I think. I'm not going to be the person who's like, hey, back in the Super Bowl, this is what we did to come back from a 14-point deficit, right? I don't have any experience in that. I'm not going to be the guy who comes on and says, hey, the play that should have been diagrammed out of that timeout in the NBA Finals was this one. That's not my thing, right? What I can do is be a fairly intelligent fan in the world of sports, use my law degree at times to talk intelligently about complicated issues in the world of sports, and I get it. Look, I'm in the opinion business, and uh, it's funny, the tweet that I enjoy the most is when listeners are out there and they say, you know, when I first started listening to you, I hated you, but the more I listened, I don't know what happened, but I don't necessarily hate you anymore. And the, and I like the Alonzo morning, you know, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Show, yeah, the where he's like gets. shaking his head, and then like he suddenly changes and starts nodding. Like I love when people say, "Hey, I listen to your arguments," and when you sometimes start off, I'm like, "What is that knucklehead saying?" And then by the end, I'm starting to nod a little bit. Now, I don't expect anybody out there to agree with everything that I say, just like I wouldn't agree with everything that you say mm-hmm. or that anybody else out there would say because, you know, we're all unique in the way that we approach issues. But I do think that, you know, when I see this and I see that I'm a two-seed, I'm like, well, you know, it, it, it's crazy to me that, uh, that, that we've created the space that we have in OutKick where our opinions are at least significant enough that whether you love or hate them, um, we're pretty high up there in the flow chart. I agree. I mean, it's basically what Clay just said about the people that have gone from hate to love. Clay Travis grows on you. He grows on you like a fungus. By the way, <laughs> by far the most underseated guy as we go to break. Hour 3 coming up. Petros Papadakis will join us. Outkick the coverage. Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We always, on Tuesday in this hour, are joined by my man, Petros Papadakis. Petros, the Lakers. Good morning. Good morning, first of all. Thank you for uh, for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, how excited are you, by the way, about the NCAA tournament? I know that oftentimes you don't like very much that everybody else likes. Are you excited at all about the NCAA tournament? You know, it really just depends on the year and what the circumstances are. I, I like the NCAA tournament. I like Gonzaga. We have them on the West Coast. That's all we got and uh, an assorted amount of Pac-12 teams, most of which don't deserve to be there. But we have uh, UC Irvine. You know, we have some good things in the tournament, and it really just depends on how it plays out and what happens during the tournament. You know, Are we going to get a crying uh, flute player or something like that? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you just don't know you're going to get. I want to talk to you about... It's like a uh, present you have to unwrap, Clay. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know that. Uh, And hopefully we're going to have some good presents uh, come Thursday and Friday. And honestly... Don't you remember the crying flautist from uh, Villanova? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that for sure. Uh, And Villanova's won two titles in the last uh, three years, so she's ultimately ended up being a very happy person, probably well-adjusted in life. Um, You went to USC... I believe your wife also went to USC, so you are legitimately a USC family. My Uh, sister, my brother, also my dad and mom, my mom's parents, uh, my grandma on my dad's side, and assorted others. So a lot of SC connections. When you saw this story come out, and it's just, I mean, I I, I don't follow it as closely as you do. But it's like every story about USC for the last four or five years has just been awful, right? Um, 
what is what is what how do you solve this and and it's not just obviously a lot of people focus on the athletic side of things but there are a lot of just one body blow after another to the USC brand what's the the root cause of this and how do you fix it when i was uh, younger and playing at USC the name of the president of the university was a guy named Stephen Sample uh he passed away uh, last couple years of uh Parkinson's, I think, but he's the guy that pulled the university up by its bootstraps and it became a more legitimate, not that it was a bad school, but it just, you know, was a school you could get into uh, back when I was younger. And it's a private school anyway, so they don't really have to answer for who they let in or don't let in ever about anything. But the point is, Stephen Sample was an academically based guy. Uh, He loved athletics too, but he was an honorable man. And the guy that took over was a man named Max Nikias, uh from Cyprus, the island, not the city in Southern California. And he had this goal of $6 billion in fundraising. And a university that was once uh, about money became grossly about money and about money to the detriment of everything else. And I think it just set a tone, you know. Things at SC started to become for sale. You know, Jamie McCourt, uh, Frank McCourt's wife, uh, is on the board of trustees. You know, Willow Bay is the is the head of the communications department because her husband, Bob Iger, uh, the head of Disney, I'm sure, has made some very, very uh, handsome donations. They became star efforts, so to speak. And... That's kind of what happened. And from the the cheating scandal in the athletic department, which is nothing compared to what the campus gynecologist did, but it just seemed to kind of open the door. That culture that Max Nikias created as a university president opened the door for people to use the good name of the university to their own advantage and be, I guess, what you would call shady. Uh, to varying degrees uh, under the umbrella of USC. And in a lot of these situations, USC turned a blind eye or tried to pay people off, you know, like with the dean of the medical school or with the situation involving the, uh, the, 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 the gynecologist, which is yeah. also terrible. I mean, there's so much to unpack, Clay. I just don't know where to start. And a lot of people who are listening to us right now, I mean, obviously in L.A. are familiar with this. Uh, but when you know, I mean, part of it is just kind of laughably absurd, right? When you have the Aunt Becky uh, for Lori Laughlin, who is buying her two daughters ways into USC by pretending that they are going to be crew athletes, right? And when this story breaks, uh, the daughter who is at SC is on the billionaire's yacht on spring break in the Bahamas. Who is the they were on? He, chair? She, she was on Olivia Jade, who's a YouTube star and an influencer. Uh, she. She was on uh, Rick Caruso, who is the chairman of the board of trustees' yacht for spring break, a $100 million yacht in the, uh, in the Caribbean. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's satire, right? Like, if you were writing extreme, ridiculous satire of the rich and famous, it would be for a story like this to break. Aunt Becky from Full House, everybody knows Aunt Becky, is is scheming to get her daughters in as fake crew athletes, 
And when this story breaks, for the daughter to be on the billionaire's yacht on spring break, I mean, it definitely fulfills all of like the, the derogatory thing people would have said when you were growing up is certainly that USC was the university of spoiled children, and it just fills in there, right? It just all rolls together. Well, yeah, and I heard all that stuff when I was younger. Yeah. And, you know, we've all had the, the stereotypes for all kinds of different universities, and the closer you are to, to, to one, the, the more you hear. Uh, the truth about USC is uh, there's like, you know, 40,000 students there and some really great teachers and great people. But the, the upper echelon, the people that, that really get to use the name of the university, have, have ruined it with fundraising and be, been gross about it. How about the fact that this guy, uh, Massimo, the, the Lori Loughlin's husband, uh, he, he was on a, a plane with Pat Hayden, uh, a fundraising trip to Augusta, and uh, was told not to mention it to Pat Hayden because Hayden would ask for more money, you know, probably just for a donation or something to the university. But uh, a lot of the people around the school that are that high up don't feel like the rules apply to them. Pat Hayden, the former AD at SE, was was siphoning money off a charity that he was uh, supposed to be running and giving his children like $100,000 a year salaries on some scholarship charity for poor kids. Now that's why he had to step down. I mean, it's it just seems like USC kicking and screaming doesn't want to be dragged into the 21st century where your money is not going to solve all of your problems. It is just an utterly unbelievable story. Um, how does this re- get resolved going forward? I mean, they've had to fire well, several thing, people, I Clay, think, I mean, in the athletic I, I department. Have no should idea. Lynch, I mean, should we Lynch can sit here and go back and forth and talk about all the absurdity at USC in the last decade. And for the football program, it's really been a decade-long blood drain that you kind of see uh, – coming to fruition now in its absurdity and ridiculousness with a lot of the stuff that comes out of Clay Helton's mouth. But what do you do? I mean, you need a new university president. You need to have less than 50-plus members on your board who are mostly just, you know, really wealthy people who bought those spots. And uh, you need a new athletic director, and you need a a new direction for the university, which is remember your your past you know let's be a little bit less disgusting about everything <laughs> you know, you know what usc look usc for years acted like the rules didn't apply to them when the la times started pulling up a lot of the veins of these stories usc ignored them and just tried to act like they would go away and i think it's a good lesson in modern times you know that Everybody, even these you know ancient institutions of higher learning that feel like they're above the law, nobody uh, is above public scrutiny. And even if you're a private institution, if you act cool about it and act like you're too too cool for school, uh, it's going to be a long, slow demise. And that's what we've seen in the media in the last year. It feels like every week there's something embarrassing USC. I never thought I would say that. Well, first of all, do you think Lynn Swan should be able to keep his job? Do you? I no. mean, if he knew, if he knew about it, I, then I don't even think if he, if, uh, if he, it's criminal. If he didn't know about it, then it's 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 absurdly inept. I mean, this was one of the highest people up in the athletic. That's why USC's getting killed for this, and you know, Yale and Stanford and UCLA, some of the other schools are not. USC had the highest ranking person 
in their athletic department other than Lynn Swan, and maybe she was parallel with uh, with a guy named Steve Lopes. But uh, that Don, that Donna Heinel, that's that's a huge. She is USC. I mean, she represents the whole place. So does that, that, that water polo coach. I mean, that's talking about one of the most decorated coaches in the history of the university. Uh, these aren't small fish that went down at SC. And you know how the feds are. Are they going to flip all these people? I mean, not everybody's wondering how much bigger it, it will get. But I think you need a, a complete blood transfusion at USC. But I don't know where the doctor is to, I guess perform that because you know you have to be a willing patient and i think usc still got a bunch of people that are not willing to give up power and that's why you have the situation you've had tim tesalone the you know who he is right the, oh, yeah. the head of communications for the athletic department and one of the ad's he gave a pretty telling quote years ago in the in one of the kiffin scandals or something uh to Tom Friend, the sports writer. And the sports writer said, you know, a lot of your donors are upset. You know, they don't like Kiffin or whatever. And Tessalone's quote was, well, we're, we're more worried about the million-dollar donors than the hundred-dollar donors. And that was really his quote, you know, from the head of communications at USC. And it, that kind of sums up everything, right? That's kind of where they are right now and why they're in this trouble. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt at all. Uh, I mean, as you break it down, we're talking to Petros Papadakis. Uh, at the old P on Twitter, Petros and Money Show, uh, AM 570 LA Sports, which I just mangled probably right there. But how you tough is got it, it? I got it. I got it right. You, that, for the first time. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, there Way you go. To go. Uh, so how tough is it for you? And I, and I think about this too, because when you have to rip a place that you went to, and I'm sure a lot of you loves SC, right? Like, I, I will occasionally have to come on. I went to Vanderbilt. I met my wife there. It's a fabulous university. There are a lot of great people there. Uh, but every now and then they do something and you feel like it's a bad decision and you got to rip the university. And I think that's uniquely tough. That's got to be tough for you, right? Because you're an SC guy and you'd love for the university to be doing well. But at the same time, you got to be honest. When they screw up, you have an obligation to your audience to, to tell the truth, right? Yeah, and some people might say that I'm I'm way too hard on USC, but yeah. you know, a big part of my media career has been this ten year kind of downslide. And I'm not just talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about stuff I've seen, you know, working at the university that, that I just never really liked. And maybe one day all the stories will be told, but uh, for me, it, I take no pleasure in it. But I've been warning about, not to pat myself on the back, I do not have a beach house. But, uh, but <laughs> You I've know been what? Your house, in, your house in L.A. probably costs more than my house and my beach house did combined, though. Well, L.A. is quite expensive. Yes. Uh, hell, I might be moving out soon. Who knows what I'll do for a living. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it is a very interesting kind of... Uh, way that this has played out because i was warning about this kind of stuff at sc for for at least a decade uh you know even at the end of the Pete carroll era in like 2009 where where things got a little too fat and, and gross and and uh just a little bit too drunk with success and you saw the the way that that ended up with the sanctions that they got. So I've been warning about it for a long time. I never thought it would implode so spectacularly as it has right now. But again, uh, I don't, 
you know, USC needs to want to, to do better. And there's too many rich people there, then there's too much money to, to be controlled that for these guys to give it up, I think. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. All right, I'll go off the USC scandal story here for a moment, but I definitely wanted to ask you all about that. And I'll go into something that is uh, that is turned into an unmitigated disaster. What happens with LeBron? I mean, we've gone from LeBron's going to win a championship for the Lakers, which was the hopes and dreams of Laker fans when this season started, to now a lot of Laker fans out there are saying, you know what, I think that maybe they should trade LeBron James. Uh, and, and it's just amazing to see how this has all moved so rapidly. you got the block against the Knicks, the team basically collapsing. Uh, now you're hoping that maybe they get into the lottery. Have you ever seen a story like this that began with such fanfare and excitement and has quickly turned into uh, a horror film, basically? Kind of like USC, right? I mean, all these <laughs> stories sort of uh, sort of end up with despair and an apocalyptic end. Uh, but the, the LeBron thing is amazing, too. I mean, no one would ever think you'd want to trade the, the most recognizable athlete on the globe. But that that, that sentiment has gained momentum. Uh, I don't know if they would do that or how or if the NBA, as my radio partner is alleged, would even allow that, you know, because uh, you don't just move LeBron around like a pawn. He's a huge deal. But at the same time, I think you hit the, the head on the nail. There is a tremendous amount of negativity surrounding this guy's Laker career. For as short as it's been, and and maybe there's still promise uh, in the next few years, depending on who they can add. The negativity and the, the word we like to use these days is optics, and just the whole vibe has been shameful. And there's a lot of blame to go around, but I think you're absolutely right, Clay. A lot of Laker fans, they don't like this guy. They think he's a bum, and they don't like his his attitude or they don't like their franchise being used as his vehicle at the end of his career. And I would say that that number is growing, uh, maybe half, maybe more than half. But there's a lot of people that just don't relate with what he's doing as a Laker. Yeah, and you've hit on this earlier that this is different than being in Cleveland with the Cavs and being in Miami with the Heat. Because let's be honest, the history of the Cavs is not very substantial. Certainly the Heat have almost no history at all. And so LeBron was bigger than the Cavs, and he was bigger than the Heat. But I think there are a lot of Laker fans out there listening to us right now saying LeBron is not bigger than the Lakers. And so the way that this story has played itself out is different in Los Angeles than it was in Miami or Cleveland. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you do have to give Pat Riley credit because he would not allow LeBron to fire the coach. He would not allow uh, LeBron to make a lot of those different moves that that he made in Cleveland that made it more of a dumpster fire. And eventually, LeBron went back home. But, you know, Miami got their two championships, and they were happy. So either you believe that Magic and Rob Palenka built that team, and they're inept, or LeBron built that team, and and he's inept. But either way, everybody's inept. And I think the number of free agents that want to come play with this guy is dwindling. And that's been clear for about four or five years. He's Petros Papadakis. He is hanging out with us here on uh, the morning show here, I'll Kick the Coverage, Tuesday edition. My man, I appreciate you getting up early for us, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some entertaining NCAA tournament options out there, even though the West Coast is not that well represented. Well, you know, I could sit here and be like, well, Zion is so big and strong, and the athletes on the perimeter for North Carolina, you know, they fly around the court. I could do that, 
But really, it's just going to be about like a mascot getting shot in the balls with a T-shirt gun at the end of it. I mean, we don't know what's going to come out of it. Uh, Outstanding stuff as always, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Wild and awesome if you've never gotten the opportunity to do it. Um, but I think this uh, th- it's fascinating right now to look at the favorites in the world of college basketball, right? Because you have Duke, who is the biggest favorite that has existed in the NCAA tournament since Kentucky in 2014-15. And as good as Duke has been, what I would ask you to think about is this. What if North Carolina had beaten Duke in their semifinal game? What would the thought process be as we enter the NCAA tournament right now, as opposed to Zion following his own miss, getting the tip, narrowly winning that game, and then going and getting to beat uh, Florida State in the championship? How would you be thinking about Duke? I think Duke is incredibly overvalued. So I don't think that the Blue Devils are going to win the national championship. I think if you're out there betting, there's much better areas to go and teams to find, all right? Who are those teams? Where's the value out there? I think there's good value on Kentucky right now. You can get Kentucky at 12-1. to They're starting off their run down in Jacksonville. I think this Kentucky team is really good. I think if you look at their bracket, Kentucky is going to win their first round game against Abilene Christian or whoever it is. Then in their second round game, they're probably going to play Wofford. Let me tell you this right now. John Calipari ain't losing to Wofford, all right? That means Kentucky's into the Sweet 16. Is Kentucky going to lose to what would be a pretty good Houston team, right? I think that's the way the bracket uh, sets up there. No way that Kentucky is going to lose to Houston, all right? That gets them into the Elite Eight. I think they would play against North Carolina, where lo and behold, they've already beaten North Carolina. When you look at Duke, it was basically 2-1 to one to win the championship, and you look at Kentucky at 12-1, to one, I love the value on the Blue Devils at 12-1 to one coming out of that region, okay? I also think there's pretty good value, and some people are going to roll their eyes and be like, you're crazy, on Texas Tech in the West. In the West right now, you have Gonzaga, who I'm just not sold on. All right, They haven't had that many challenging games. They're coming off a bad loss to St. Mary's in the WCC Championship. You've got Michigan, who is, I think, a little bit of a wobbly team. I don't like Michigan there. All right, And then you've got a intriguing, I think, Texas Tech team sitting there as the three seed. I think the West is the most wide open region in their bracket. I love Texas Tech, the value on the Red Raiders at 30-1 to to potentially come out of that region and get into the Final Four. In the East region, I think Tennessee's set up. If they can get past Cincinnati in the second round, who they'd be projected to play, actually sets up pretty well. I'm not sold on Purdue, and I still think that while everybody seems to buy into UVA, I'm not sold on the fact that UVA is going to enter the NCAA tournament and suddenly be phenomenal after they lost in the first uh, round as a one seed overall number one against a 16 seed. Just not necessarily sold on that. Uh, and in the other region of uh, of this uh, of this country, I think Duke is overvalued. I like Michigan State as a little bit of a better value play coming out of the Duke region. I also think 
Virginia Tech who beat Duke about a month ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, I think there's some value on Virginia Tech there as well. So I know as all of you are filling out your brackets right now, there are a lot of people who dive in and say, oh, I'm going to go with the favorite. I'm going to pick Duke. I'd encourage you to look beyond Duke. I don't think there's much value on the Blue Devils at all right now. I think it's crazy that there's value on Kentucky. I think there's value on UNC. I like Michigan State in that uh, in that region. I also like the value on Texas Tech and Tennessee. Those are teams that I think there is a decent value on as we enter into the NCAA tournament. All right, I appreciate all of you who have hung out with us here. Again, I'm doing the show live from L.A. Uh, appreciate all the uh, all the support. Our guest, thanks to Petros Papadegas for diving into that USC situation with me as well. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. I'll be doing the show live from Las Vegas, which we'll see how that goes. Viva Las Vegas, Wednesday edition of Outkick the Coverage from Las Vegas. Again, encourage you to go to the MGM Grand if you're going to be in Vegas for the NCAA tournament. Come by and see us taping. Lock it in. Appreciate all of you. Thanks for spending your time with me. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free 
free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!